0: Welcome to another bonus podcast. My name is Thalia, I'm one of the pastors on staff, and I have
1: three guests with me today. So, sitting to my right is Nancy. Hi there. Um, my is Nancy Steiger, and I'm married to Andy Steiger, and together we do Apologetics Canada here at the church, and we have two boys, Tristan and William, that are eight and six. I'm happy to be here. Nice.
2: That's and been a while. I know. You were a regular for a while, and
0: then you got
1: really busy. And then I... <laughs> fell off the wagon.
0: <laughs> so we're grabbing her before all the apologetics conference work starts up. Yeah, it's happening. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Okay, Sterling.
3: Hi, I'm Sterling Ray. I'm on staff and women's ministry here at Northview. And yeah, I think this is like my fourth podcast. Is that it? Maybe. Well, it feels yes. like you're a regular guest. I don't know. It's oh, okay. because we hash
2: it over with her and our yeah, guests <laughs> in between. <laughs> and I'm Crystal Taves, pastor of women here at Northview. So the
0: topic today is called, Why Bother Going to Church? And I thought we'd spend a little bit of time on that word bother, because sometimes it truly is a bother. And I know (laughs) that might be shocking to some of you who say, but your title is pastor.
1: But it's still a bother because we're humans. Sometimes as a pastor family, it's even more a bother, (laughs) (laughs) because we've been here all week already. So sometimes it's one more day at the church And sometimes I think it can feel a little bit like work.
2: Yeah, because you're here, you're not really off. You're never really off Off duty duty. if you're in this building. Someone's always going to grab you for some reason or another. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you never come in just to relax and participate. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah.
0: So why would some of our listeners also consider church to
1: be a bother? Let's think about that for a bit. Think of um, a lot of families um, that have their kids involved in athletics, just friends and family that I know of, that oftentimes those games or practices are scheduled right during like Sunday morning. And so it's hard to – you want your kids to be involved – but how do you balance that and going to church or you try and sneak church in and then go to the game or whatever mm-hmm. and it gets your morning your Saturday, your weekend gets really busy
2: rather than relaxed so that yeah. can be a bother sometimes you mm-hmm. wonder like i know i've had times where i think well i can squeeze in this much of the service and it would be better for me to be there than not at all but then you get the evil eyes from people as you leave early or <laughs> come late or whatever right because yeah. but i'm like but i can only be here for 45 minutes aren't you glad i'm here yeah. <laughs> yeah. but we tend to judge each other and yeah. so sometimes we Think, oh, I'll just stay away then yeah rather than entirely. have that people yeah. think I'm yeah not I f- committed
0: <laughs> I feel sorry for all the families that are hurting in their little kids oh. and they've got a bunch of them and yeah. they're trying to get mm-hmm. them out of the minivan and into church and there's temper tantrums and crying and their
1: their blanket is dropped on the pavement and <laughs> <laughs> oh I remember when my when yeah. our kids were little and church was totally during nap time oh. yeah so you go to church and you come home and you have a horrible day because your kid hasn't had their nap, and so the rest of the day is just shut. Or they yeah. fall asleep yeah. like the
2: three minutes on the way home. Yeah. and then <laughs> and
1: then totally they, they, for do the they rest of the miss day. their nap. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, just <laughs> lousy as parents with young families. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I also feel sorry for the families who come to uh,
0: church and they are here for the Korean translation, mm-hmm. but we run out of headsets. Oh. You know, like language, language can be a barrier barriers. where they might yeah. stay at home and go, why bother? Maybe I'll listen to a podcast in my own language. Yeah. But they've made the effort and I'm so proud of them for making the effort, but it must be a bother yeah, if and, language.
1: in here at Northview, with, as far as missing or not getting enough, if you as a family don't get here, by eight thirty, 30 chances are, ministry, with your kids yeah. ministry if you don't get your kids into kids ministry like i mean you're like okay uh we're a little late today maybe we should just go to the park or something yeah right because the kids aren't gonna get in yeah and yeah so then you just abandon it all together because you haven't been able to get up in time right and, and get out the door yeah yeah
0: what about all the people that you have chronic health issues yeah, or hmm. Hmm. Um, handicaps of some sort, disabilities, wheelchairs? I see people slowly, slowly making their way in, and you think, ah, oh, they have really made an effort but many people probably would find that it's a bother
1: yeah or if you don't have a car yeah know, and you don't have transportation you're always depending upon someone else oh, to get you be a, a bother ride, yeah you know and you always are gonna have to be the one to say can I have a ride this week Can I have a ride? <laughs> so someone just offering oh. you always have to nag someone for it that would just be that'd be awful right and
2: yeah. working with women often there's a woman single right not all the time, but a lot. Of, you know, there's a lot of single women, and for them to come to church is like, oh, and then who am I going to sit with? And yeah. Who is there going to be someone there that I know? Am I going to yeah. feel c- more lonely after being there, or alone again? Yeah, yeah. It's a reminder, maybe sometimes.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. I think it can be hard too for people who are introverted. Sometimes you just get people that, yeah. you don't want to smile a lot of people or talk to a lot of people and you think oh if I go to church I'm going to see so many people I'm going to have to yeah. sit with them and be social and I'm done <laughs> yeah
1: it's true it's not usually a problem for me
0: so why do people stay away from church we've talked about a little bit about the bother side but why would
1: people intentionally stay from stay away from church mm-hmm. I know that some people have like underlying like they've had been offended or hurt mm-hmm. in the past by a pastor or someone in leadership and so they they just can't it's hard to see past that and and to come to church and and to see those people or even if you've been to a different church and there's that
2: that hurt that's there
1: yeah and being
2: at church just stirs that up again yeah yeah so it could be either yourself personally or you could have had friends that have had that experience and you kind of build up in your mind this idea of what church is based on what other people have experienced mm-hmm. even if you haven't necessarily experienced that yeah. so it makes it feel mm-hmm. like a, it's not a safe place I don't want to go there even if that's not really been tested out and tried out mm-hmm. yeah yeah yeah
3: I think sometimes it's just easy to do church at home or yeah. people don't think they need to be there because they can listen to podcasts or worship music online or visit with a friend and people feel like that's enough church
1: for sure, yeah. I Like too, and like in our family, when we, um, when we were just looking for a church at one point in our in our family, it was hard to commit to going to church because hmm. we hadn't found one that we that we liked yet. Yeah, and so you knew you were gonna have to just go somewhere new. Yeah, and you were just like, oh, I don't want to go and have to figure out church all over again. It's a lot right? of work. It is yeah. a lot of work, yeah. and to be that new person. Yeah, and are they gonna be like? Are they gonna? treat me and they can make me do weird things that i don't <laughs> yeah. feel comfortable doing like do you, we might have to pray with a bunch of strangers in the middle of church and and oh yeah we've horrible experiences <laughs> <laughs> and just you know that uncomfortableness that you feel right, right. and we can just simply be lazy too yeah mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just easy
0: to stay at home and, or do something that you want to do different on a church morning. Yeah, maybe,
1: maybe you had a really crazy busy week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Saturday wasn't peaceful either. Yeah, you
2: need a downtime. You, you need a downtime, right?
1: Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. What are some understandable
0: reasons that people would stay away from church?
2: Well, if they've got some kind of illness that they're working through, yeah. um, if you've got cancer or, I don't know, other long term progressive things that are just really make it hard. Yeah. Um, the special needs thing is a huge thing. Like, I know mm. since Imagine Ministries is open here, we've just heard so many stories of people who just haven't been in church for years because yeah. they have a special needs kid that they just can't leave with yeah. anybody. Yeah. They can't just put them in regular Sunday school or yeah. whatever kids' ministry. And so, if their church doesn't provide that, well, you're kind of either one of you is just going like, yeah. as a couple yeah. or you're not going at all yeah
3: yeah yeah i heard a story where it was a couple had been to church together in a decade mm-hmm. until they went to imagine ministries so, yeah yeah and yeah, that really story's cool repeated ministry.
0: quite a
2: bit yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's
0: yeah. Awesome. yeah we also talked before about how it's kind of trendy nowadays not to like the
2: organized institutionalized yeah. church mm-hmm. yeah it's better just to be friends with your neighbor and go mm-hmm. over with a glass of wine and talk about spiritual things but yeah. to actually go to church isn't really that cool it's mm-hmm. kind of what our parents did or yeah that kind of idea you can do
0: church on the mountain as you're hiking and those yeah. kinds of things are very popular mm-hmm. <laughs> the problem
2: with that is you intend to talk about spiritual
1: things but you usually just talk
0: about other things yeah.
1: right <laughs> you know yeah well one of the problems with that
3: <laughs> <yeah>.
0: <laughs> so why did god establish the
2: church let's talk about that a little bit Start us off, Crystal. Yeah, when we read through the book of Ephesians, or I'm not thinking of Ephesians, Romans, where it talks about the fact that we are the body of Christ and that every little part of it is part of the church. We're all different body parts, right? Mm -hmm. Working together for his purposes in in the world. Yeah. And so I think it's the purpose of the church is to be the body of Christ, the hands and feet, uh, the mouth of Christ speaking into the world around us. Yeah. Caring for people, um, preaching the good news of, of who he is. I have a
0: great quote from gotquestions.org. You can go on there and plug in any of your questions. So I plugged in, like, why go to church? And here's a quote I want to read. It says, The church is the body of Christ, a group of people unified, which is from Ephesians 4, 1 to 3, unified under Christ, who represent and reflect him to the world. The purpose of the church is to join people of different backgrounds and talents and provide them training and opportunities for God's work. It accomplishes this both internally within the body and externally in the world. And so we're going to work a little bit, the four of us, to talk about what does it mean for the church to work internally, and then externally. So how does why did God establish the church
2: internally?
3: Yeah, so you can build each other up mm-hmm. through teaching and sound doctrine. So yeah. the
2: basic, like right when the church started in Acts mm-hmm. two after Jesus left and left kind of his commission work to the people, that he to the apostles that he left behind that's what they did. Uh, Acts 2.42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the Mm -hmm. fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. That was the immediate response. They gathered together, they taught each other, reminded Mm -hmm. each other of the apostles' teaching, and they did symbolic meals, like the communion Mm -hmm. meals, in order to remember Christ's sacrifice Mm -hmm. on their behalf and praying together. So it was the immediate response um, after Jesus' resurrection. Mm-hmm. Like the teaching and then the caring aspect, right? I think yeah. what church and I think about family, right?
3: Mm-hmm. The, the
1: community of of people that become you know a sec another family yeah. for you, right? So you mentioned care. So how do we care for each other as a church internally? What are some ways? I think we become aware of each other's, or we don't see people, and we're we're aware of each other's needs, mm-hmm. and you go physically meet them, right? Yep for as a family right like you would care for your own like immediate family right
2: yeah Yeah. and it happens easiest if you are in community groups Hmm. like if you just come on a weekend service chances are those relationships might not be built to that level where people would notice if you're gone especially in a church this size if you're in a smaller community that's different but if you're in a church the size of northview people might not notice or know some of those things but if you do get involved that community group level you have people that you're meeting with twice a month they'll know your needs and yeah. if you need help with this and that there'll be people that will rally around you to come to your aid. Mm-hmm.
3: I think care that I've appreciated as well as is, is correction because if you're mm. just doing church by yourself and watching you know, YouTube sermon and there's no one who knows you there's no one to correct wrong thinking yeah. so if you develop ideas that aren't biblically sound and no one hears those ideas you don't discuss them with godly people They can't get you back on track. Yeah. So I'm grateful in the church that we have people to say, "Oh, it's not quite right," and and get us back into biblical thinking. Yeah, Yeah.
2: and even to bounce like if we would hear some teaching together, we can bounce that off together. Like, did you hear this? Was it correct? Am I? yeah. Yeah. And so we can discern together whether something even being said that's true.
1: I even think about how information or things that I learn what helps things to really sink in is one thing to hear a sermon but then to go and in your community group to take the time to talk about it right mm-hmm. and that just gives that one more level of it actually working its way in and and then and begin beca- becoming a part of just something that you hear and then goes in
2: one ear and out the other ear right it's kind of like the the seeds in the soil right yeah, yeah. and the community group questions that come as a result of the sermon are more really much application based so mm-hmm. they say how do you take this then and then apply it to your life with that intention right that yeah. like we want it to not just be head knowledge but also um influence everything that the way we're thinking and acting
0: mm-hmm You also have that community group feel around your tables at
2: Women's Ministry. Yeah, for sure. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, so if you come to the
2: Monday night Psalms, like right now it's a Psalm study, and Wednesday morning Psalm studies, either in Mission or in Abbotsford. It's very much, uh, it's not just a teaching from the front, it's people in groups of 8 to 12 around a table and with table leaders and over the course of 10 weeks you really get to know people it's amazing yeah. how you start at the week one and everyone's a little tentative and by week three people are like really kind of investing in each other and we get to week five and it's like wow like we're getting to know each other already mm-hmm. and- people get attached to that table group. So. I think it's a great
1: opportunity for women because I know that not all men are willing to join a community group or you may have young kids and you can't both go together. Yeah. so in that way, the women's ministry on even I've gone on Wednesday mornings and Monday night, those have been really good times for me when I've been able to get into a community group. You know, where Mm -hmm. I experience care Mm -hmm. and teaching, but it's not necessary that Andy and I do it together. Right. Mm -hmm. Right? So it's been so instrumental for me. So whenever I hear someone talk to me about, oh, my husband won't go or he's not interested or I'm like, then go and do something in women's ministry because it's that balance of teaching and community and care that you're going to get there. Yeah.
0: Mark and I started something new on Mark's initiative this fall. We are helping as one of the kitchen teams. Uh-huh. And Mark rallied his bike friends that come Saturday nights and their families. So we have some couples without kids. We have some separated guys. We have families with younger kids. And so once every, I think, five weeks or something, we're going to be in the kitchen. And we were already. And it's a great <laughs> way meal? Pizza.
1: Oh, yeah, oh, that's yes. that <laughs> fun.
0: <laughs> and Shelly was terrified. She said, I was terrified because you're all new to the kitchen. I don't know how this would go. <laughs> but it was so fun to work together for several hours doing cool yeah preparing the pizza and serving it and then cleaning up afterwards as a way of building community and i know that over this year we'll get to know each other much better yeah
1: what a neat idea that that so much of I me mean, because we learn we become friends with people but to actually serve together when you mm-hmm. actually participate in an yeah. activity it really helps to build that, those relationships and that sense of community mm-hmm. right yeah. where you really actually get to know them rather than this simple hi how was your week you know but you, great their personalities and stuff come through yeah
0: so if you see me coming late into the service which I did
1: don't give me the stink eye or
0: tell me <laughs> how disappointed you were that I came in late I'm like I was in the kitchen <laughs> I think I should give a plug for the care fund too that's one way we practically care yeah. for people in our church mm-hmm. we use that offering that we take once mm. a month to help subsidize counseling and to help with groceries or to help with um, a whole variety of ways that people need help in our church vehicle repair and Sometimes a nanny temporarily while people are like on bed rest from a surgery or something like that. Yeah. There's lots of ways we care for each other at
2: Northview. So that's my plug. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. And I was going to say with the Care Fund too, I think if people know about that, it helps um, to also have discerning people like Diana, who works with you on staff. Mm-hmm. She also helps discern how best to help somebody. Yeah. Because I think as women, we want to just jump in and help and provide mm-hmm. all the needs. And Diana will say, well, you know what? This they have these things in place, let's maybe just do this to help. And so I think even encouraging people to filter that through the church staff. Allows people to know where they can plug in and what would be helpful and what wouldn't be. Yeah, because
0: Vic and Diana and I operate as a team Mm -hmm. and we assess it initially. And then everything we do gets checked by the stewardship committee. Hmm. So they are the other filter that goes, oh, you shouldn't be doing that or to this much or whatever. So there is a lot of checks and balances before Mm -hmm. we help people out in a good way so Mm -hmm. that we
2: use our funds well. And so that we don't burn out as caregivers because we can tend to dive in too deeply sometimes. Yeah. So why does God establish the church externally? Like what are we supposed to do beyond the walls of Northview? Well, that's the whole Greek commission piece, mm-hmm. right? To go out and make disciples and yep. teach them to obey all that Christ commanded and baptizing them so that that reaching out into the world with our with our faith.
0: Okay, so someone listening by now might say, Oh, okay, okay, okay. Maybe I think it's worth it to to go to church. But where in the Bible? What does it
2: say that I should be regularly attending church? Yeah, there's no direct command, um, but we have different pieces where it talks about it as something that's ideal. So in Hebrews 10, there's a whole passage. So the whole book of Hebrews, if you read the book, is all about it's written to a group of Jews who are. Th- Um, became Christians and they're starting to fall away because they thought this persecution is just too hard and so the writer all the way through is giving them reasons why they should stick together and how they should stick it out and so in the very middle of the book he's basically he says um, let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works not neglecting to meet together as a as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So the writer of Hebrews was saying, as a as a body of believers, what you're doing when you get together is you're encouraging one another to love and good works. You're mm-hmm. spurring one another on to do what God's called you to. And don't neglect meeting together. Encourage one another to keep doing this, because mm-hmm. that's what's going to keep you strong in the faith. That's what's going to help you... Um, to push through persecution, to push through, you know, the difficult situations that mm-hmm. you face. So it was that idea of stay strong together.
1: Yeah, that's that community approach that encouragement and accountability, right? Yeah. It's like if you have a running partner, right? Yeah. You're yeah. you're more inclined or more likely to stay committed because you have someone holding you accountable, right? right? The two of you are going after it together. Yeah. As opposed to you just committing on your on your own, you know, someone's committed together with you. So Plus, do we have to attend church
2: to be saved? No. No. So it's not a requirement, no. But it will help you stay saved. Yeah, say, <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. It'll help you stay from going off the rails yeah. because mm-hmm. it's so easy for us to get in our own, you know, like you said, either wrong thinking or else get into patterns of bitterness that mm-hmm. we're not checked mm-hmm. on, or all these kind of things that can just lead us astray. And when you're when you're not in a Christian community, you feel weird a lot of the times, right? At your workplace, you're different. At all these different places. Your school, you feel like you're kind of a bit of an oddball. But if you can be with people that think the same way as you, it can give you energy to then go back into those situations, knowing that you have someone has your back. You have a group of people that kind Mm of understand you, know you, and that gives you courage and. renewed energy I think to be who God's called you to be because
0: most people naturally try to find a group where they belong like I know friends of mine who don't attend church but they'll join you know a baseball club they'll join a bowling league they'll join other places where they have community because people want to have others that think the same as them or do the same things as them and this is one of those it's much more than just a social club but it is a great place to feel like you belong yeah Mm -hmm. but that takes a bit of time Yeah. yeah yeah So what are the benefits to attending church regularly? And when I say regularly, I don't mean once a month. I actually mean like three out of four weeks a month regularly. <laughs> Why, what would be a benefit of that?
2: Well, first of all, just the sound teaching that you get. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. you're, correct, you're constantly being rem- reminded of the truth, even though you might be experiencing hurt or pain or frustration or whatever in different areas of your life. You're constantly having that reminder. And challenges to your, in your
1: personal walk too, right? That you're growing, not yeah. just stagnant but that someone's challenging you in different areas, that, that you would grow in your faith. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, a,
2: well, go ahead. It was just that joy of the celebration, the worship, and the prayer, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. It just that feeling of 200 people singing along with you, mm-hmm. in a, you know, and feeling like, yeah, I have that encouragement of other believers. and Yeah, you can find friends. Yeah. Yeah, you I'm can
1: find a mate,
2: <laughs> husband or wife. So that's yeah. All, yeah. Your, all, your, all your young adults are
3: looking yes. for. They yeah. are.
1: Yeah, yeah. They'll go anywhere to <laughs> any church. They'll go yeah. to every church. No, which is a lot
0: better than going <laughs> to <laughs> anywhere. Yeah, best place thing. to go.
3: Yeah. 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 absolutely.
0: Yeah. yeah, nothing wrong with no. that. You absolutely know. nothing wrong with that. Yeah.
3: No. I think too, just what you're saying, Nancy, about growing is when you're attending church, you're not the one necessarily deciding what's going to be preached right? or what's yeah. going to be yeah. taught. So then God can really convict and encourage you where you need it instead of saying, this is what I feel like listening to you and looking it up or right. finding it. If but you're the to podcasts, yeah. you can be more
2: selective, yeah.
3: Totally. I mean, how many times have you gone to church, didn't want to go, and it was exactly what you needed to hear, and yeah. you probably wouldn't have sought that out.
2: Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, it's true. And I think just in terms of um, your own mental well-being and like the fact that you have relationships with a community of people is can be huge like at mm-hmm, times mm-hmm. when you're sick and you need help or you're lonely and yeah. or your spouse dies and you just ha- if, have a community around you, I can't imagine how people walk through mm-hmm. a lot of tough situations in life without that mm-hmm. community that they've invested in mm-hmm. yeah I've even had people love on people that aren't a part
1: of the church on my behalf mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and what an impact that's made you Yeah. Know? on uh on the person who was you know surprised to just have someone care for them right yeah, yeah. as a church community we can extend that right to each other and then beyond as well mm-hmm.
0: so have there been times personally when we have stayed away from church for our various reasons maybe we can talk about that what has that been like in our own lives when it was a bother or when we stayed away and what did that feel like
1: when Andy and I um, were moved to California for him to do his master's at Biola, um, we didn't necessarily stay away per se, but we didn't commit to one particular church. And so it was really challenging. Um, we had different perspectives on, you know, we were only there for one year and we had little kids. And so it was it was a tough time. To, to it was not, a bother. It was a bother. <laughs> it was really hard. And some days we didn't go. We went We went to Disneyland. <laughs>
2: Shameful. Well, you're right there. Shameful, right? But, uh, and you said Andy also wanted to kind of study church, right? Yeah, so he, he knew did. kind of he what this, he wanted. Yeah, he
1: wanted to do. investigate how other people do churches. And being in Southern California, there's a lot of significant, like, popular... Um, church like leaders there mm-hmm. right so he wanted to take the opportunity to see how different people did church so for him it was an extension of his studies mm-hmm. you know and for me i was desperate for community right yeah. young kids no family yeah. so it was just a really challenging time thankfully it was just one year yeah um and then when we came back it was hard again because we didn't have a church that we were plugged into and he was previously working at a church that he wasn't at now so now we had to start apologize canada so we were not immediately plugged into a church it it was really the first time in our married life where we were like church members at large.
2: <laughs> yeah. It was hard. We love the
1: church, but we're not it committed was so anywhere. Hard. Yeah. I couldn't, I was like, suddenly we had this this view of what everyone else has to go through. And it was tough to just go to new churches. And and a lot of times, Pandy was like, we were just like, I can't do it again today. I know. I know. Like, do you know where you want to go? No. Do you know where you want to go? No. You know, and we have this ridiculous standard. Of what you think church should be like, of all the things you want church to have, and, they, and you can't find it anywhere. It's
3: <laughs> true,
1: because yeah. it's not realistic, right? <laughs> yeah. So that was, those are two t- trying times when we kind of waffled about going to church.
0: I remember being at Bible College in Winnipeg, and the Bible College, which is now CMU, Canadian Mennonite University, but at the time was a Bible College. It was on the outskirts of Winnipeg, and I had no car, and I didn't have friends that had cars at this Bible College. Couldn't walk to any church. There was nothing nearby, and it's cold. (laughs) Sounds (laughs) like
1: (laughs) like Saskatchewan. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So (laughs) So occasionally I went if I was visiting my grandma, and occasionally I went if our choir was singing at a church, but if there was nothing happening, I didn't go. And I actually thought this was kind of fun, like to be sort of freed from church. So they called it like Mattress Mennonite and Bedside Baptist. They'd make all these jokes. (laughs) But by the end of the year, I was really missing church Mm because I would probably only go maybe two times a month, maybe. So when I came back... And never the
2: same place. No, never the same place, no.
0: And so when I came back, I was hungry to be back in church. It was my home church growing up. And that has been a lesson until now is Mm -hmm. how that that hunger felt. Hmm. Mm
3: -hmm. I've had seasons of extreme busyness where I felt like I just don't have time I'm burning out and have missed church maybe a few weeks in a row I've never had like a year where I didn't go but in those seasons I found that I just start feeling more and more and more drained and busy Mm
1: -hmm. but when
3: I finally go back even if I don't have the time or I think I don't have the time I feel refreshed oh yeah and I feel able to handle my busyness so Mm. I kind of Got confused in those times of how I could handle the busyness. Yeah. What was and the was best strategy? That, get in the way. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. We had about four years when our boys were both in hockey when they were younger, um, when a lot of hockey was Sunday mornings. And Bob just really felt like growing up he played hockey, and he thought this was a great way to, for me to invest in my kids' lives, to be their yeah. coach. Yeah. And it was great. And he met lots of great people, and he... Built good relationships, but for four years there, it just was hit and miss. And we, at the end of that, we said, this is just ridiculous. we got to figure this out. And so that's actually when we started coming to Northview because of the Saturday night service. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. We knew we could always go on Saturday nights as a family. Yeah, I know other families and, that do that as well. Yeah, and so it was just for us, it was a way of saying like... We value church, but we also value... Like, Bob really valued that time with the boys, and yeah. I don't think it was necessarily the you know a wrong decision for him to do that. That was where he felt he could contribute. But you were trying to do both. But we were eventually. trying to do both, and yeah. so we found a way to make it work, which was good. Yeah. But I think... I remember, too, when I was in university, I was hit with so many... I was at SFU, which is very secular, very anti-Christianity, and I would come out every class with so many questions about faith and just mm-hmm. wondering, like, is it even a, worth it? Is there anything true here? Is there anything... And I was so fortunate at that time that I was commi- that I was part of a church and that Bob was pulling me every week to church. Come on, we got to go. We got to go. Because if left to myself, I think I would have just said, yeah, walked away. Yeah. It's just a bother. It. It's a yeah. bother. So much. I was so grateful that there was people that kept pulling me back mm-hmm. in.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And that's what church is about, right? Yeah. Pulling people, or, you know, holding each other accountable, right? Like
0: your yeah. running partner, let's
2: go. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's true. Yeah.
1: I meet with a lot of
0: people who have been hurt in their life for a variety of reasons or are dealing with all kinds of muck, as I call it, and they step out of church for a period of time because of that muck. And I want to say to them, no, this is when you really need to be at church and this is when you need to be doing your Bible reading and prayer because you need God's help in the muck and God can be found at church through his people. And so I hope that they take me up on it, but I never know always what happens when people <laughs> leave the the green couch room, as I call it. Yeah,
2: because <laughs> eventually they have like I I've said to some people like it's okay to take a little bit of a break yeah. if you need for now. Like if you just had it, whatever. But don't let it become a long term. No, like yeah. something hurt. Yeah, yeah even whatever. if you don't want. Yeah, even if you don't feel it. Like it's not like I'm excited to go back to church. It's a, it's an obedience thing, yeah. right? And God's yeah. told us you need to be in community. Yeah, and so. And we have people here yeah. at Northview that are hiding,
0: and it's okay to hide for a time. Mm-hmm. You know, if there's been something particularly painful, if there's been a separation or a divorce or something like that, that's one reason people hide. It's great, hide for a time. Yeah, but so Then eventually, you'll slip in the back and slip out. Yeah. But at least they're here and yeah. hearing, and then, yeah. Eventually, you know, we prod each other to get back involved. 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 Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's a I have to on this paper in front of us which you can't see as listeners but there are some questions people ask me regularly and I thought we could talk about it as a group so wh- one of the questions people ask is what if my child or teenager does not like going to church but they're not actively refusing to go they just don't
1: like it like they complain a lot what would we say? My kids sometimes say that is, is it church day or is it school today? And they actually prefer going to school <laughs> and I think it's mm-hmm. tough for them because um they don't have a specific friend, you know, that, that they, they know are yeah. that they know of that they can sit with or that they that they're gonna meet when they go to Sunday school, yeah. right? And that's that's tough for them, right? As and as a parent, you're, I mean, we hate hearing that from our kids, right? That just I think that totally just pulls on our hearts to hear that our kids don't like going to church, right? Yeah. But yeah, to find out, you know, what's the problem? I know that um, I haven't done it recently, but I actually saw another another mom and I was just chatting with her and and uh, and so we had a play date mm-hmm. so as a means to just help him as this eight year old or I think he was six at the time um, to connect with someone else yeah. you know to be intentional about building relationships with other families so they feel good when they come yeah, yeah so they feel comfortable
2: when they come yeah right yeah yeah so I think there's part of it is like I said earlier about obedience like I think we have to say to our kids in all areas of life what well, we don't always feel like doing
0: right? oh yeah and not
2: just do it when you feel like it yeah. yeah there is a matter of obedience so i think that's one thing we need to teach but also like you said investigate like is there a way i can make it better, better. for them mm-hmm. and i know for my kids because yeah. uh, we came in here a bit later clayton was already like in grade nine or whatever and grade seven and grade five, but finding ways that they could plug in and serve and get to know other people. And my daughter, well, all my kids have helped out with day camps in the summer. And my daughter came to church one year, about three years ago, and she was with a girl who'd been at Northview all her life. And Jessica had only been here three years. And Jessica's saying hi to everybody in the lobby and chatting it up. And this other girl says to Jessica, like, well, how do you know everybody? (laughs) And Jessica said, well, I've served with them and I've taught Sunday school with them. And And this other girl was like, oh, like she's been here all her life, but she's never actually gotten involved and done anything. Yeah. So for her, it's more of a work to come to church than it is for my daughter who's newer. Yeah. So I think finding those ways that they can, whether that's Kids Town Band or Kids Crew you know, that serves, or there's so many ways that they can at different ages get involved and feel like this is their church home and it's yeah. something they can contribute to. And
0: when they get to be texting age, I know my kids will often text their friends to find out which service they'll be at at Northview. Hmm. So Ava has been working on Saturday nights and has choosing then to come on Sunday on her own, but she's actually been going to the 9 a.m. service because she has more friends there oh, and she depends. knows that ahead of time. I'm yeah. like, you don't, you're not going to sleep in? She's like, well, I could, but then I wouldn't have anybody to sit with. And yeah. she knows this all through texting. Yeah. So that's one way but we have to investigate what the problem is yes. and help them to overcome some of those things.
2: Yeah.
0: Okay, so what if a child or teenager is actively refusing to go to church? What do we do then?
2: Well, I think we try and work with it for a while, but I think at some point you just allow people to make their decisions. Like, mm-hmm. you, it's not it's not going to be anything useful to them if they're in here and completely hating it and yeah. hating you, and that's kind of defeats the purpose. Yeah. So...
1: I think it depends on what age they are though as yeah. well, right? Yeah. If it's if my 8-year-old refuses yeah, to go to different. church, that's I'm talking,
2: entirely different, yeah. right?
1: It's like kids that don't like to go to school. Well, you go to school cuz that's yeah. what you do, right? Yeah. That's what we do as a family. But when they become they're
2: 17 or yeah, uh, yeah,
1: then you then you need to yeah. allow them to make a choice,
0: right? And I've heard many families that will deliberately try to make it appealing. So they'll say, "Well, come to church, and then let's go for lunch after, or let's hmm. go for coffee or dessert after, or let's go visit another family." So you kind of drag their kid here, but then there's something to sort of look forward to, and hopefully over time, as they meet people and they get plugged in and serve, it will be more worthwhile. Yeah, and yeah. fun
1: if you want to call it that. Yeah. I'd Even I even had other people say even they their, they would go to church and their their child would not would not, and it's even going okay. Well then would you like to go somewhere else? Mm -hmm. Like, is there another church that you wouldn't mind going to? right yeah maybe i mean that's tough as a parent especially if you like your church right but when you look at your child if your child's willing to try something else a different church and it's there's nothing wrong with that church right then why not yeah you know help them right yeah Yeah,
0: and that often depends on age too so Mm -hmm. if they're 12 and they're actively refusing to go to your church well you could as a family try out a different church to see if they have friends there and they like it better yeah or if they're 17 18 and driving on their own well they could go there with friends yeah yeah. that's something that each family has to decide mm-hmm. on their
1: own yeah yeah, yeah. we have a, we have some friends that are looking for a church i'm like come on over here right? yeah. we can hang out <laughs> so yeah. when is it okay
0: to change churches
2: well i think first of all if you feel like the teaching isn't sound yeah. if you're not getting good bible teaching at the church that you're at then i think it's green light yeah. <laughs> you want to be somewhere where your kids and you are getting solid solid teaching Which means that you're actually taking in what they're
0: saying and weighing it against scripture. Yeah, discerning it. Yeah, you have to discern what Mm -hmm. they're teaching, not just Mm -hmm. take it all in and believe everything.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
3: When you move away to a different city or university or get a new job, yeah, sometimes it's too far away to drive to old church.
0: For sure, Mm -hmm. we have people that have moved to Northview uh, because they were commuting for a long time they loved their church in wherever it was you know yeah. surrey or yeah. chilliwack yeah. and they yeah. loved that but eventually the commute time and the gas cost and got too much and so they decided we need to go somewhere more local
2: and they wanted to be somewhere maybe in their community yeah. where they could reach out to neighbors and friends and it's hard to invite someone to come with you to a church in vancouver yeah. if you're living in Abbotsford, right it just <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. you do <laughs> what yeah. and there's that yeah. building right there yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: that doesn't make any sense
2: Yeah, and i think there is as much as you don't want to be a church hopper if you if you have really invested in your church and try to like if you if there's kind of issues or things that are going on that just aren't ideal and you've really tried to be part of the solution for you know a significant amount of time and if things just aren't changing Mm -hmm. and you just yeah need a break i think Mm -hmm. that happens too like we don't want to ditch church churches quickly but we also Mm -hmm. want to be realistic like if it's because yeah. you're a part of that body right yeah. and
1: and that is taking some a piece of that your body away right but to be a part of that solution you know to really invest but then there that i mean i think that tipping point's a hard place to it's hard to, to find there's it. no there's no fine line right there's mm-hmm. no there's no defi- definitive moment no. you know you just need to weigh it and pray about it and and then take make that decision when you feel like it's the right time right and, and I'd be, say run it by your friends too, your yeah. godly Christian
2: friends. Mm. Get their but opinions. not ones that go to that church. Like <laughs> other <ones. laughs> And be honorable and gracious about a church that you leave, right? Yes. Like don't leave and then bad mouth. Bad mouth, yeah. Like just say, you know what? For at this point in time, we needed to do this for our family or whatever, but... Let's be honorable and gracious to, mm-hmm. p- to Christians everywhere, and mm-hmm. especially to other churches in our community. It's true. Absolutely.
0: So if you've been listening to this podcast and you have questions that we did not answer, or you would love to dialogue on something a little bit more in depth, maybe applies to your own situation, please feel free to email mm-hmm. us. That's the best way. Calling, not so much the best way, but email us and we would love to talk a little bit more. Okay, well, who's willing to pray for this, for our
1: listeners? I can do that. Okay, great. that'd be great. Oh, Nancy. All right. <clears throat> Lord, just thank you for um, this time we've had just to talk about your church, God. And thank you for Northview. And thank you for the opportunity we have to be in community with each other, mm-hmm. Lord God, and to learn about you um, from our pastors, Lord God, and from those that are teaching us here, Lord. And I just pray that we would all be um, serving and contributing members to our church, Lord, yeah. Lord God, mm-hmm. contributing in care and love, Um And uh, so I just pray for the women who are listening. God, I pray that whatever their, if church is a bother right now, I pray that that whatever that bother may be, Lord God, I pray that you give them the courage to work past it, Lord God. And if church is difficult to go to, Lord God, we just pray that you would help um, these families and these women to get to church, Lord God. Provide whatever their needs are, Lord God, so that they can come and be a part of community and and that they can learn about you, Lord. Thank you for... um, for just working in our lives, Lord. And I just pray a blessing on all the women listening here. And I pray, Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. Thanks for joining us. Yep.